Second down and 10 from the 51 of UBC. Here's Picton looking right, throwing underneath that pass. It's caught by Stusick. Nice grab to the 33-yard line. So he drops one, and this has been a redemption drive. First Borsa, now Stusick. Nice two-handed catch. Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. Growing the Game with Ballsy brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabbles on Dudney Avenue by Mark Greshner Photography. Check out his awesome work at markgreshner.com. By Paul Waldo over at Royal LePage in Regina. Get in the real estate game with Waldo at 306-502-5355. By Double Z Egg Sales in Weyburn for grain hauling, grain marketing, and crop insurance. Give Corey Zatarosniak a call out there at Double Z Egg Sales in Weyburn. And by Riviera Egg Seeds in Radville, Southern Saskatchewan's premium certified seed grower, delivering homegrown certified Durham yellow peas and chickpeas. Time now to highlight our coach of the weekend. For that, we turn our attention to Martin Academy in Regina, longtime high school football coach here in Regina, former Regina Ram in the junior ranks. It's Blaine Pierce, our coach of the week, brought to you by Pizza Huts in Saskatchewan and David Dubay and the Concord Group of Companies. An old Rams teammate of mine. Now, I don't say old like you're old, Blaine, but I guess I should say former Rams teammate. Well, you wouldn't be wrong if you said old either, Mike. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Blaine, 30 years a teacher. When Dean Coos, your friend, said you should interview Blaine Pierce, he's retiring after 30 years. I thought, okay, cool. I love Blaine. I haven't talked to Blaine in a long time. I'm surprised he's not in my Rolodex. And then I'm like, 30 years? That can't be. Uh, like, Did you look around one day and say, I, I, like, I'm the oldest guy in the room here? Yeah, that's uh, certainly something that I've noticed the last number of years that I seem to be the oldest guy. A little scary. It is scary. So, uh, what are you going to miss most, uh, most about teaching slash coaching? Because we should tell people uh, you're the football coach over there at Martin and uh, resurrected that program. We'll get into that in a second. But what what are you going to miss? Um, well, I'm, I'll miss uh, being around. Uh, first of all, the the kids, the boys that play, and uh, well, and we've had uh, girls over the years play for us as well. I'm going to miss them, uh, you know, a lot. Um, that's a, you know, it's always fun to, to get to know the kids as they grow and develop as football players. I'm going to miss working with, uh, the other coaches, um, that I have over the years. And, uh, and I'll just miss being in the school and kind of the atmosphere. And, and, uh, this year is obviously a little bit different, but in the past, uh, you know, it's always fun to be, uh, part of a school and kind of the things that are going on. Yeah. How heartbreaking is that for you? Uh, you know, cause you do get invested in your athletes and, and especially the senior guys that can't. I mean, I mean, unless something miraculous happens in the spring, that's it for them, and they miss out on senior football. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's who I feel uh, bad for. The some of our senior players, the ones that have, you know, really uh, put in all the time and effort. Some of them played four years. Uh, like we're a smaller mm-hmm. program, so we've had kids that even in grade nine have played, and they put in four years uh, playing for Martin, and um, you know, they won't have an opportunity to in their fourth year to to uh to be a senior and to play blaine what's it like uh, and how do you feel about the way you went about uh you know you you along with others resurrecting that football program over there it used to be the Mo- uh you know the martin collegiate monarchs and now you you got them uh going again what, what's that feel like oh i'm you know i'm i feel great about it i'm proud of, of of what we were able to accomplish i mean there's a number of people involved like lisa allen who was the principal 
at Martin at the time and now is the principal at Knoll. She was, you know, a, a great um, uh, supporter of us uh, getting the program uh, going again, and uh, she uh, was able to provide a lot of financial assistance. She had saved over a number of years uh, money so that we could purchase equipment and so on. So she deserves a lot of credit for that as well. Martin uh, kind of had been resurrected uh, previous to me arriving in terms of the beginnings of the academy, so the population was going up and and uh, it was really becoming, you know, uh, uh, what you would consider to be a, a, a fully functioning high school once again. And that's, you know, having a football team is a big part of that. Helps with uh, the the spirit that uh, the school has and the students have, and kind of the ownership and the pride they have in the school. And so we're, you know, we're really happy to to be a part of that and to help bring that back. Blaine Pierce, uh, now. If you got a chance to give the young Blaine Pierce coming up as a coach a piece of advice, what piece of advice or what have you learned through your 30 years now that you'd impart to that young, younger Blaine Pierce? Uh, well, uh, you know, work with other people, rely on other people, use the expertise of other people. I remember when I was younger and when I first uh, started coaching, well, when I took over the head coaching job at Johnson Collegiate, I was the only one on staff at the time, and it was just uh, it was crazy trying to do all of those things. And so the more people you can bring into it and, and uh, get involved, uh, the better it is for you and for everyone else that's involved in the football program. So that was, that's definitely a big thing, big tell, part of it. Tell me uh, all the schools and our listeners, all the schools that you uh, coached at. Well, I began my career at Johnson. I was there for 13 years and coached football all 13 years. And then I moved on to Tom, uh, excuse me, to Tom Collegiate. I was at Tom for 11 years. I didn't coach football at Tom uh, my entire time at, uh, at Tom, because uh, it was during that period that I was coaching with the University uh, of Regina Rams. And then uh, when I left uh, Tom, I went to Martin. And the last six years, I've been involved in the football program at, at Martin. How are you going to – football gets in your blood, buddy. You and I were teammates. I re- one of my greatest memories of you, you were such a uh... – you were such a rock back there as a quarterback. You drop back the pass. Somebody comes on a backside blitz, and he gets knocked out. He hit you in the back, and he got knocked out. I've, I've never seen anything like it. That's my one Blaine Pierce as a player memory. But how are you going to get this football thing out of your blood? Do you have any kids, or or, or will, you, will, will you coach in some form or fashion, or are you just going to be content to watch it from the sidelines now? Well, I'm, I'm still a big football fan, and I watch football, um, you know, CFL and NFL. Uh, even college football, I enjoy watching uh, games, and I'll still go out and and uh, watch even the high school games. I'm going to be going to the Martin games, I'm sure, uh, going forward. Um, as far as coaching, all, my daughters, I have three daughters, and they're all grown up. Uh, the youngest now is 22 years old, and she plays basketball, so basketball is a big part of our lives as well, and I'll continue to go to their games and watch and all of that. Um, as far as football goes, uh, maybe... When I get some grandchildren down the road, I might get involved in coaching once again. I think for me anyway, for the first year here of retirement, I'm not making any real plans, but I'm sure I'll never be too far away from uh, football and the game of football. Do you think somehow we might be able to squeeze something out later in the spring for some of these kids? Because I'd love to see us get some t- extra tape for these grade 12s, not just at Martin, but everywhere. Do you think, are you hopeful we can kind of squeeze something out, or do you think it, that's just a, that's a dying dream? Well, I mean... Uh, all high school coaches are hopeful that something can happen uh, in the spring, and, and uh, we've begun to take some steps towards that. But there's just far too much uncertainty, and we have really no control over um, you know, making any of those kinds of decisions. It depends upon 
what happens going forward with the pandemic and the numbers and what SASC Health, uh, what decisions they make in terms of, uh, you know, maximum numbers and so on. But it, what, and whatever does happen, uh, football won't be kind of in the, in the way that we would in, uh, envision it or be used to with 12 man football, 12 on 12, that type of thing, because, um, you know, the numbers right now, or even in the fall, uh, the numbers, I think it was like 30 uh, or 35 was the maximum number. And, uh, you know, to our high school football program at Martin, we have 50 kids plus coaches. Um, and in order to compete against another team, you know, they have similar numbers. Yeah. Like the numbers for high school football, 12 on 12 football, they'd have to have that number up at 400 or, you know, something like that in order to us to compete against one another or do something like what the RMF did where you'd play a team maybe two times in a row and then you'd have to quarantine or take off two weeks yeah. before you can play again, you know. So I, it just won't be what we normally would expect for high school football. I hope that there's something that can happen, um, you know, and I, I hope that this pandemic comes to an end sooner rather than later. But, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not holding my breath. Blaine, um, one of my final questions here is it is it uh, was it different towards the end uh, coaching athletes as you went through your career uh, was it better or worse towards the end I mean was it more challenging I guess because attitudes the way you coach kids the verbiage the way we actually taught kids how to tackle everything was different from when we played to when you started coaching to the end was it was it was it different was it more enjoyable less enjoyable uh, I really enjoyed. Uh... You know, really all my years of coaching, I really enjoyed. But in particular, like the last six years at Martin, uh, I've, I've really enjoyed. And you're right, coaching has changed uh, a great deal over the over the 30 years that I've been involved. Um, and the way that we, uh, first of all, just with the kids themselves, um, you know, back 30 years ago, kids, you know, they would play football in the fall and then the season was over. They'd play basketball or wrestle in the wintertime. And, you know, it went from one season to the next. That's no longer the case Um Football season, hockey season, basketball season, it's a year-round thing now for many of these kids. And so just to kind of schedule and work around, uh, you know, all the commitments that many of these kids have, you're uh, often, you're, you know, your elite athletes, the, the ones that uh, are a big part of your, uh, your program, they're involved in other things as well. And so that's one of the biggest things that, um, you know, um, has, I've, we've been faced with, all football coaches have been faced with, is to kind of manage that. Uh, in addition to that, like with our high school program, you know, we play, but during the off season, we're training, we're working out, uh, we're fundraising, we're doing all of these things to try to maintain the program and build the program. And so uh, all of those things have changed in the 30 years. As far as, uh, you know, working and dealing with the kids, that part I'd say hasn't changed as much. It's still fun. Kids are kids really, basically, and they enjoy uh, getting out there and learning and, and working hard and playing. So. Uh, you know, a bit of both, I guess. Okay, uh, last two questions for you. Sorry, I'm squeezing two more in here. I haven't talked to you in forever. Um, yeah. Coaching style. How would you, for people listening, how would you describe your coaching style and how would you like to be remembered as a coach? Not like you're dying, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I mean, that's changed too. Like, you know, I might have been one of those fire and brimstone guys back 30 years ago because I, I kind of grew up with that a little bit, I suppose. Um, and then over, I kind of developed my own style, I suppose, over the years and and I like to think of myself now as uh, just a teacher out there on the football field. I try to uh, communicate and be as clear as possible I can with the kids. I try to be as organized as possible so that we can be efficient when we're out on the field. Um, and just teach teach them the skills, how to play the game, teach them some of the systems and the philosophy of, of how the game should be played. 
And uh, I, I, like I tell the kids, um, every almost every time that I uh, talk to them that um, I'm treating them as adults, I treat them as I would expect them to treat uh, their teammates and the coaches and uh, anybody else in, uh, in their lives with respect and with uh, decency, and, and that's what I try to emulate as well. And so I hope that's how I'm remembered. Okay. Uh, Blaine, how long ago was your traffic accident in Northwest Regina? That was uh, February 18th, 2009. Yeah. Yeah. So that's coming up on what? That's uh, 12 years. That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah it's um, crazy, right? Yeah. So you, and it wasn't a small accident. You could have died easily. So to, to make 30 years as a teacher and to be here is a celebration in itself. Now, let me ask you last question. Was like, was that a life-changing thing for you in terms of how you approach life, how you approach coaching, how you approach your family, anything like that? Oh, yeah, certainly. Like, um, when that accident occurred, yeah, it was it was it was a scary thing. I broke my neck, and um, actually, what the real danger was the blood loss that I had had, and um, and so yeah, it was uh, it was scary, and certainly probably more scary for my wife and my family who had to see me in that state. Um, but uh, you know, I've I've fully recovered, and uh, and and life is good for me and for for our family. Uh, but yeah, it did change my perspective on things. Like up to that time, um, you know, I was very fortunate in terms of uh, my wife and family being very, very supportive of me coaching. I coached not just football, I coached basketball and I coached rugby and I was the athletic director and I did a number of things, a huge time commitment. And it was at that point, um, you know, after that, that things kind of, um, you know, I had an opportunity to think about things quite a bit and, and changed a little bit. I didn't coach as much anymore. I continued to coach football, but I uh, wanted to spend more time with my family and my, my kids and, uh, I got more involved in uh, in coaching them and watching them, and have always tried to. Uh, one thing my wife and I have always tried to do is never miss uh, never miss uh, a game or competition that our girls have had, mm-hmm. and, and luckily we've been able to do that uh, through all their various sports uh, throughout the years. And um, you know, once having gone through that accident, like I said, that really helped to put that all in perspective. And I'm really happy. Actually, you know, like when. You think it's a terrible thing, but really there's a lot of pauses that came out of it as well. Well, that's why you're uh, one of a kind, man. You uh, find the silver lining, and you've helped to guide a lot of young men over your time. Thanks a lot. Uh, enjoy this last year of teaching, even though if it looks strange, uh, you made it here. And after just hearing that little story, we're happy you're here. Thanks for this, Blaine. Take care. Happy New Year. You too, Michael. Take care. Time now for the Pick 6, brought to you by Sasselex Football, building the gridiron stars of tomorrow today with Zelko and Deb Stefanovic out there in Moose Jaw at the Yars Center. Number one, the Cleveland Browns. They finally made the playoffs after 18 long years, only to have four coaches, including their head coach, and four players land on the COVID list. They only practiced Friday. They traveled down the highway to face the Steelers in Pittsburgh, where they had lost 17 games straight, dating back to 2003 including a 38-7 whipping in week six first playoff road win since 1969 first playoff win since 1995 i think they'll give kc a challenge but that secondary needs to be better still gonna go with kc but congrats to the brownies they overcame some adversity in baker mayfield with a big win there on the road. Their opponents, the Pittsburgh Steelers, number two in our ballsies pick six for Sasselex football. They crashed and burned. After an 11-0 start, they end with a whimper. Do you re-sign Big Ben? He looks like his tank is empty at 38. 
If I'm the Steelers, I may be looking long and hard at adding a Sam Darnold, a Carson Wentz, or a Matthew Stafford, but can they? They've got some serious cap issues. Number three on Ballsy's pick six from the weekend that was the Super Wild Card Weekend. The Ravens win with D and a running game. Surprise, surprise. Now, Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, a below-average quarterback. Make him throw, especially outside the numbers, and he can't beat you very often. But he doesn't have to, it looks like. Jackson is a tremendous running back. In my time watching football, I can't remember seeing a running game like Baltimore's with the quarterback and the different running backs and even that 313-pound fullback out of the backfield, which is just like a running play. And defensively, they smothered the Titans, limiting Tennessee to 209 net yards. Derrick Henry had just 40 yards rushing. Now, it's boring to watch, but it works. Although I'm not sure it works next week against the Bills. That should be an interesting game. Number four on Ballsy's pick six, Vrabel and Tomlin coach scared. Tomlin's team has the Browns on the ropes to start the fourth quarter. They've got it fourth and one right around midfield. Tomlin elects to punt. And thank God the Browns drive the field and score a touchdown and Pittsburgh never threatened again. And thank God because I'm tired of watching coaches who coach scared end up being proven right sometimes you have to take a chance to win and Tomlin didn't and it cost him same thing with Vrabel two drives stood out to me in the second half where the Titans had the ball in late down short yardage situations near midfield in both cases head coach Mike Vrabel opted not to use Henry and instead punt and those decisions backfired and it's partly why these coaches are watching from the couch this coming weekend number five on Ballsy's pick six if this is Philip Rivers' last game, his playoff career will be summed up by bad coaching and kicking. Colts coach Frank Reich made some really head-scratching decisions in their loss to Buffalo. He goes for it fourth and goal from the four instead of taking the field goal. He goes for two when he doesn't have to. And he burns two timeouts needlessly and is left with zero at the end of the game when his team needs them the most. Oh, and their kicker Rodrigo Blankenship, who's among the best in the NFL, Doink the 33-yard field goal attempt. Rivers passed for over 300 yards and two touchdowns, and unlike Big Ben, this 39-year-old showed he has some left in the tank. Time will tell if the Colts run it back with number 17. And number six on Ballsy's pick six, the GOAT Tom Brady survives Taylor Heineke. <laughs> yep, you heard that right. Brady threw for 381 yards and looked great, as he has for most of the season. But how about Heineke? He was named starter just hours before the game. He finished with 306 yards passing while rushing for another 46 and had many like myself going, who is this dude? He definitely has earned a long look from some team next season. For the Bucks, their O-line was great. But how good is that defense? If they're going to play at home in the Super Bowl, they have to hold up against Breeze and probably Aaron Rodgers. Ever hear of those dudes? I'm not sure that Brady can get to the Super Bowl. I think he'll beat Breeze next week in New Orleans because it is tough for a team to beat another team three times in one season. This has been Growing the Game with Ballsy. If you have a football story you'd like to share to help us grow the game, email Michael Ball at mball at harvardbroadcasting.com. Ballsy can be heard weekdays in Regina on 104.9 The Wolf Morning Show and during Saskatchewan Roughriders and U of R Rams broadcasts on 620 CKRM.